um, there's something about the rhythm of stillness and movement that we're carried along by. And for me, it, it's possible for that to be an experience or a little glimmer um, into the way that we, we actually are, we actually make one body. There's one body being still and one body moving. And actually when we're, when we're in it, you might notice even in the stillness, even in zazen together, there's still little currents of movement. I'm, I'm breathing and you're breathing and every so often someone sways a little bit or adjusts their posture. Or, we hear a car horn or a bird or something. So even in the even in the stillness, there's these still little little currents of motion. And then we start to move together. We might do service, or we might do kinhin. Uh, later we'll have a work period. We'll do these things together. And even in moving together as one body, I think it's possible to notice these little rivers of stillness, the glimmers of stillness, even in the middle of the motion. It's a, a palpable experience sometimes that we can have on a day like today of the reality that we are one vast interconnected body. That there's this uh, choreography with all things. And I want to say it's possible to be blind to this truth. It is possible for me to live my life as if I weren't Im embedded in a, a seamless whole with uh, the great earth and the myriad things. It's possible for me to live as if I were um, separate, bounded, um, alone, estranged, and um, in our tradition, we call that suffering. And a day like this, an embodied experience of moving together and being still together, mainly still, but with a little movement, and breathing together, and then moving together, mainly moving, but with a little stillness. A day like this can give us a little reminder maybe or a, a little a little glimpse or a little doorway into that vast um, interconnection can remind us of the fact that we aren't left out of reality and that we can't leave out any part of reality so our great ancestor Dongshan um, this, is, this is an old story, went to study with Nanyuan. And when he took his leave, Nanyuan said, make a thorough study of the Buddha Dharma and broadly benefit the world. Make a thorough study. It's like advice or something for the trip, you know? <laughs> Have a good day at school. Make a thorough study of the Buddha Dharma, broadly benefit the world. Um, Dharmashan said, I have no question about studying the Buddha Dharma, but what is it to broadly benefit the world? I have no question about studying the Buddha Dharma, but what is it to broadly benefit the world? And Nanyuan said, not to disregard a single being. Not to disregard a single being. So there's a way, I think, when we, when we allow ourselves to connect to the palpable experience of being, moving through a day as one body, uh, we might see that the reality body excludes no one or no thing, that there's nothing disregarded. Um, 
I guess there's a way I, I want to be I want to be a little careful you know we can't comprehend everything that happens in a day like this and I don't want to suggest uh, how to say this I have certainly spent many days like this not connected to the vast truth of our interconnection with all things. Um, many times we won't feel it. We just won't. I, I had a, a mentor used to say, um, practice isn't a vending machine. <laughs> Which I really, I really liked. You know, it's not like you put in your quarters and be six and then times come out or something. And um, and in fact, I think that's really that's really wonderful. I think it's um, a, a one one tragedy of our deluded life is that we sometimes treat our life or each other as if we were a vending machine, as if we were here to get what we wanted from each other or something. And that's um, that's actually a, a prison. So I am delighted that. That's not how things work. But it does mean there's no kind of guarantee that on a day like this, it all sounds very nice, the moving is one body part. Um, but I guess I want to acknowledge, you know, lots of different things can happen in our, in our bodies and in our minds. And um, there's times that a day like this can bring up real pain, you know, physical pain or emotional pain. And um, I want to really in encourage you if you find yourself struggling in some way to, uh, you know, you give a note to the director, you, you can let one of us know the, in a way, the whole point of doing this, um, the whole point of doing this together is that we can, we can take care of each other. Um, yeah, there's times it's hard, and then we need to, ask for and receive just kind of basic kindness mm -hmm. but there are times that we get these little these little glimpses and a day like this is really um helps make that helps make that possible so um thinking about moving and being still together which again is so much of my experience of, of Sashin, you know, just that rhythm. <laughs> now we're all still, now we're all moving, now we're all still. I had this experience that really impacted me when I had, um, maybe not long after, maybe a couple of years after I had ordained, but I had the opportunity to visit um, the Zen Center up in Vallejo. Um, uh, Mary Mosin, who's, who's the teacher there, is um, well known to, to many of you. She's a disciple of um, uh, sojourns. And, um, uh, and Mary asked if I would do um, e evening service, if I would be doshi for evening service. And, um, you know, I hadn't had occasion to be doshi so, so many times. And, and uh, we actually met here, I remember. We were living in Oakland, and I drove over, and we met here, and she um, kind of went through the, the, the forms of, of her temple with me, which was, which was great. And um, so it was time for evening service, and I was standing there where the, where the doshi stands, and um, I was kind of wondering, you know, if I should start, because the doshi starts with that first bow. And so I looked and turned around to kind of see if everybody was ready, you know. And uh, I should ask her if she said this. My memory is that later she, the word she used is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I should ask, but it sort of sounds like Mary. She said, um, she said that's cheating. Um, and that really went in, that really made an impact for me. I, it's possible to not, to not look to see if people are still, but to actually just feel when the room becomes um, still. And, um, uh, Sometimes I confess, as Doshi, I actually I wait too long because it's just so fun up there to feel the stillness of the room and then start to move together. Um, there's lots of ways to be Doshi. Some people move a little more quickly, some people move it. That, that doesn't matter. It's just that's one little example of um, 
the mysterious way we're connected to each other that we can really feel in a day like this. So, uh, interestingly, he says, interestingly, um, there's some neat stuff in our, in our tradition about movement and stillness. We, we inherit some teachings about how things move and, and, and how things are still. And um, I thought I'd say just, just a little bit um, about that, about some of those. Um, so the first teaching is from uh, Nagarjuna, a great uh, ancestor from about the second century. Um, Nagarjuna is credited with writing this gigantically important text called the Mula Madhyamika Karika, um, which is uh, the kind of foundation of, what, of the, the entire um, Madhyamika school, which is one of the, the big schools of Mahayana Buddhism, basically comes out of this one book, and this one text shapes the whole Buddhist tradition for thousands of years. Um, uh, and there's an entire chapter in this text that's actually about movement. It's about movement and stillness. Um, so the, the text is a, a whole series of, of these pretty intricate, kind of heady in a way, arguments um, about emptiness, about um, the ways that things are, are, are empty of intrinsic nature, the way they're empty of permanent, fixed essences. Um, and it's kind of a complex text. Um, it's workable if you go really slowly. It's one of those, those texts you have to really read sort of slowly. But there's just one little passage um, that I want to pull out of that chapter. And, and it's a passage about the relationship between motion and that which moves. So motion itself and that which is moving. And Nagarjuna says, if without a mover, it would not be correct to say there's no motion. So without a mover, you can't have motion. Sort of makes sense, right? Without something moving, you can't have motion. But then without motion, you can't have a mover. If there isn't motion, there can't be something that's moving, right? So when I move, what's the relationship between me, between this one, and motion? From the other side, what's the relationship between motion, the act of motion, and me? Is there a permanent essential me, something called me, and then this permanent essential thing called motion? And the answer is no, there can't be, right? If there were a permanent essential motion, it would have to be moving. But without a mover, <laughs> it, can't, it can't move. And if there's a permanent fixed essential me that's moving, how can that be different from permanent motion? Uh, they sort of need each other to make sense. Um, you can't have one without the other. Uh, or you could say they're empty. Motion and mover are empty. Like I said, this, it's a little bit heady. It's a little bit, um, can feel kind of technical or, or abstract or something, but I think it's something that we can sort of experientially check out a, a day like this. We are being still, and we are moving. And that actually doesn't feel heady to me. That feels like something we're really doing together. And we can notice that it doesn't separate out. Um, 
just to kind of plunge into being alive together. Uh, yeah. So I thought actually of a, a way of saying this that's clear. <laughs> I really hesitated about including it. My experience of this stuff is that if you read it, it's possible. It's really hard to hear it and have it. I mean, it's so, um, yeah, it's kind of dense, you know. So anyway, thanks for putting up with that. But um, uh, there's a better way to say it. And some of you will, some of you will know this. You're the right age to learn this in school. Um, this is Yates. This is William Butler Yates from Among School Children, right? I see the nods. It's great. You find them. Poets. O body swayed to music, O brightening glance, how can we know the dancer from the dance? O body swayed to music, O brightening glance, how can we know the dancer from the dance? So our tradition is clear there's no dance without a dancer, and there's no dancer without a dance. Uh, Everything is empty, which means that everything is in vast, mysterious interrelationship. Everything is happening together. Um, um, Nagarjuna comes from a layer of the of the Buddha Dharma that we usually sort of associate with with India and and. Um, in Tibet too, that's a little bit more uh, abstract, a little bit more doctrinal, a little bit more like there's like philosophical arguments in it, you know, it's like that's the layer of the tradition that has all the lists, you know. Um, and then as the tradition moves into East Asia, it interacts with cultures that have a more, like a more, um, poetic or, or imagistic sensibility and the same teachings get sort of expressed in a different form um, so there's a different there's a different way of, of of talking about this same stuff that that um that i think you'll 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 feel how, how it just comes from a different layer of the tradition and this is a story that will be familiar to Many of you, some of you may be hearing it for the first time. It's a just a great, famous old story in our tradition. The two monks were arguing about the temple flag waving in the wind. The temple flag outside and it's moving in the wind and they're arguing about it. One said the flag moves. The other said the wind moves. One says the flag moves, one says the wind moves. And sort of feel it, right? Dance or dance. Like we're trying to carve reality apart. <laughs> but you know, reality doesn't carve apart. They argued back and forth but could not agree. The sixth answer said, the sixth ancestor said, it is not the wind that moves, it is not the flag that moves, it is your mind that moves. The two monks were struck with awe. <laughs> uh, the flag moves, the wind moves, and the sixth answer says, it's your mind that moves. So as we're moving together, as, we're move, as we move and as we're still, you know, mind is kind of a dense term in our, in our tradition. It can sort of mean a lot of a lot of different things have a lot of different emphasis, but just in a really simple way, just mind being like that which perceives. And what's the relationship between mind and flag? If the flag is moving in the wind, what's the relationship between this one that is perceiving and that which is perceived? And there's a bunch of ways we make that division, you know, people we sometimes experience it as like subject, object, or self and world, or self and other, inside and outside, 
perceiver and perceived. These are all similar ways of kind of slicing things up. And um, the power of a story like this is, is just kind of the reminder that the way we, the way we slice things up doesn't, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't reach reality. Reality isn't sliced in that way. So to say the flag's over there moving and my mind's over here still, it's not exactly right. When the flag moves, my mind moves. Yeah. They happen together. Um, everything happens together. How can you know the dancer from the dance? Um, how can you know motion from the mover? How can you know stillness from the one who is still? How can you know the flag from the mind? We can't. They, um, they, they interpenetrate, they, they arise together. They make one flowing, interconnected um, body. So I thought, um, I thought I might tell one more story um, before I stop, if, if that's all right. And this takes place um, maybe like 150 or 200 years after the six ancestors, so after that story about the mind and the flag. Um, so in this story, a group of monks uh, go to visit Yangshan go to visit this teacher, Yangshan. There's 17 monks that go to visit Yangshan. And they're staying in the guest house. And um, they are discussing this story. They're talking about the, the flag and the wind and mind. You know, they're, they're talking about this exact story. And they're sort of discussing it. They're explaining it to each other. They're expressing their understanding of it. And the head of the guest house um, is a nun named Miaoshin. Um, Miaoshin. I feel connected to Miaoshin because when I um, first started hanging around the Austin Zen Center, um, this was maybe 19 or 20 years ago, the temple cat was named Miaoshin. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to say again, Miaoshin, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it lands for some people. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, so Yashin is the head of the guest house. So these 17 monks are there, and they're, they're arguing about the story, and they're sort of going around about it. And she overhears them. They're going on and on, probably, about the wind and the flag and the mind. And um, she's getting more and more um, irritated, actually. With these guys, and um, she she uh, she she they don't get it. so she calls them blind donkeys. Um, she says they haven't even dreamed of the Buddha Dharma. Their understanding is not correct. Uh, they hadn't they hadn't uh, they didn't understand they didn't understand what moves that they, they hadn't uh, really really explored and and, and dropped into what it is that moves um, and what it is that is still. They haven't even dreamed of Buddha Dharma. So Miyashin's assistant goes and, and, and tells the 17 monks, you know, like, yeah, Miyashin said you, you're blind donkeys and you haven't even dreamed of Buddha Dharma. And this next bit is, is to their credit, actually. Um, so what they do is uh, they get cleaned up and they put on their robes and they go and they offer incense and prostrations and they ask to receive her teachings. And um, I guess I just want to pause to, to notice their, their, their willingness and their, their lack of defensiveness. And um, um, may we be like this with, with each other. May, may I be like this. I, um, 
I aspire to um, listen when you see that I'm a blind donkey and to ask to be helped. Um, it's a very moving point in the story for me. Um, so they go to her in their clean robes, you know. And Yashin says, come closer. And as they're getting closer, she says, it is not that wind moves, it is not that the flag moves, it is not that mine moves. It is not that wind moves, it is not that the flag moves, it is not that mine moves. And at that, all 17 of them woke up. So I think, you know, it's possible to hear the first story, the sixth ancestor story is saying, it's not, it's not the flag that moves, it's the mind that moves. It's not that, so then it's this. But that's just a flip, that's just an inversion of the same game, right? Now we're saying it's not that that's separate, but in another way you're saying now it's this that's separate. Miyashin goes, goes beyond that. Um, it's not that, and it's not this. It's not the flag, it's not the wind, and it's not mind. She goes further. Um, so I really love this story. Um, it feels, um, it's a, for me, it's an important and beautiful story. And, um, I guess I, I do want to acknowledge, though, before I, before I end, that this story feels especially precious to me. Um, and this may not be true. I'd actually be really interested to, to hear if, if someone knows otherwise. But um, for me, this is the only story I've ever heard about Miyashin. I think this, this might be all we have. And um, I feel some, both some real reverence for it because it's like, we do have it. It, it did kind of get through, uh, but also a sense of, a sense of loss, you know? Um, and it's true in, in our tradition, our, our women teachers, we often have less, you know? It's like we get some, like the, the, the practice is so clear, the song of the practice is so clear that even through the, you know, the static of, you know, centuries of sort of misogyny and not valuing uh, some teachers as much as other teachers, uh, even through that we get some. And so I'm, I'm, on some level I'm sort of thrilled by that, I'm, I'm energized by that. But a story like this also, for me at least, has some sadness around it or has some, um, some loss around it, you know? Um, it is not that wind moves. It is not that the flag moves. It is not that mind moves. I would, um, I'd love to have more stories from this person, you know? Um, yeah. So, I'll also say, um, that in another way, to go back to where we started, that, that the power of practice can't be seen or comprehended, I am also comforted by knowing that just because the visible traces of Miaoshin's practice are not as available to me as, as I would want, and, and I feel lost there. Um, I mean, even the Buddhists can't comprehend one person's zazen, like the uh, we don't have the stories. We don't have the part we can see. Um, 
But Myashin's practice, like everyone's practice, like our practice today, goes out in ways that actually can never be lost. Because it is one reality body, um, we don't actually lose Anything, Myoshin's luminous practice is right here um, with us today. Can I wish any more stories? So uh, today is this wonderful, rare opportunity to um, be still together. Or as still as we can, and then uh, move together and explore the ways that conditions create something called being still, and conditions create something called moving. And I feel so happy, I feel so lucky uh, to get to do this with you, uh, to get to be here together um, in this beautiful temple. Um, practicing this beautiful way. Thank you very much. I'll pass around the mic for Q&A. Yeah. And if we could uh, keep our questions and comments concise so that, uh, so that more people can get a word in. Yeah, please. Thank you for your lecture. Um, I missed the punchline. So you, you told that last story by Nyashin yeah. that um, the wind doesn't move, the flag doesn't move, the mind doesn't move. Yeah. I don't I don't get what that's saying. But nothing moves. Well, we could, we could, we could, um, yeah, the punchline. Yeah. The punchline is that everything moves. Everything's moving. Right? But the way we uh, understand it, the way we carve that up to ourselves, right, is always doing this game that doesn't work. There's a dancer and there's a dance. There's a mind and there's a flag. And the punchline is what there actually is, is this. So everything's moving together and you can't separate it out in any way. Is that what it's saying? Yeah, I think so. And then, and then the first story, I've heard the mind only school. So is that first story from the mind only school? Yeah, again, it's for like the word mind. There's these words in, in, in our tradition that, um, our tradition is old, They're like just thousands of years. And so that, that word can mean a lot of different things. I, I think it, um, yeah, I think it harmonizes or sort of overlaps, resonates in some ways with the mind only school. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for clarifying the punchline. This is important. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Mira. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. About this togetherness, yeah. sometimes it it is a very beautiful thing, but sometimes it could also feel very painful yeah. feeling other people's pain or suffering this togetherness. Could you say a little more about that side of togetherness? Yeah, I really appreciate that. I, um, uh, in a way, I, I don't know that I have much to add to that other than that's true. I think we're together in ways that are beautiful and in ways that um, that are painful because I think our life is beautiful and painful. Thanks for reminding us of that. Yeah, Susan. Thanks, Dave. 
Um, because there's so much we can't see, or there's that mystery about our practice, would you say a little bit about the role of faith and how you see that in your own understanding and how, you, how that unfolds for you? Yeah, yeah thanks so much to everyone here. Susan's question, I realize I should have been checking. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I think that's where our faith comes from, is from the, from the knowledge that we can't see the end of what happens, right? Um, we are sort of bobbing along in an ocean of, of mystery. And so for me, faith is, is kind of remembering that, that we are relating to things we understand and then we're also um, relating to something ungraspable and I think that's the um, I think that's where faith begins and, and my understanding of our of our tradition is that faith is really important in our tradition it's not exactly like a doctrinal faith it's not exactly like something you believe but um yeah we trust reality. We're part of reality and so we trust reality. That's a way of saying what we have faith in. Is there more that you want to add to that? I, no, it's just, uh, I, yeah, that's, it's always seemed like a relief to me that we don't have to figure out what's going yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like faith rises up from that. Yeah. Relief. Yeah. Is that true for you? Absolutely. Yeah. So in a way, it's the letting go. There's like a letting go, and then faith happens. Yeah. yeah. Hi. Um, I think maybe Ken was before me, but um, it looks like there's plenty of time. Yeah. Um, thanks, Ken. Um, you know, I always thought the punchline was that nothing's moving. There's no moving. Nothing can move because the only way to move is if against a fixed point or something like that, you know, like it's, it's kind of the same as what you're saying that everything's moving, but I always thought it, the punchline was it's nothing's moving. There's no moving. <laughs> Any thoughts about that? That's another punchline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our punchlines are great. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was someone else, Ken. Thank you, Dave. Mm -hmm. um, I think this follows on to Lori's comment. Um, I've always found it helpful to think of the moving through with the movement. Like you can't have moving without moving through mm -hmm. that which is moved through. And those are one thing. So the movement. Mm -hmm. It can't be a thing that moves. It's all it's all moving, and the mover. Uh, sorry, my, my mind. One antidote for me of being in my mind is to feel my thoughts flowing through me. So it's I am I am being moved, but. So I guess the question, the question that I always have around that is the feeling of expression. Like if I am not moving and something is moving through me and yet moving through me is shaping my expression, like trying to understand how to say this, like when, feeling I get is of acceptance mm -hmm. in which I think gets to the point of faith. Like I have faith that what's moving through me is an expression. Um, but then there's also activity. Like, mm -hmm. do you have a way to find your ground and all that? 
um, I guess I was just appreciating what's so fun is, is just feeling how, how hard it is to, to talk about this, right? <laughs> Anytime we say it, it slips away. So what we're left with is, is faith, and what we're left with is actually doing this together. And when we're doing this together, there it is. Yeah, we're, 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 um, we're doing it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, Ross. Hi, Dave. Ross. Nanjuan uh, said, uh, nothing is left out. Is that right? To Dongshan? Yeah, yeah, Nanjuan said, yeah, yeah. Or not to disregard, not to disregard a single being, which has the exact same feeling to me. Yeah, nothing's left out. So the thought that arose was uh, a peanut. So there's a shell, mm. the nut, and the skin around the peanut, mm. the inside. So we crack open, one cracks open the peanut, yeah. and typically takes the nut and puts it in, in their mouth, mm. and they so-called disregard the shell. Mm. Or they be careful and place it nicely in a garbage can mm. or a recycle bin or something like that. So how do you see things as one, and yet you have to discern what to separate out mm -hmm. and, and what you so-called take in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, really, I really appreciate that question. And, and I don't, in a way, there's times that I'm, I'm actually not helped by thinking of things as, as one. Um, because that would make it hard, right? If there are one, then yeah, what would I know how to eat and, and, and how to throw away? But that they're one, they're one relationship, they're one body, like the shell and the peanut happen together. You need a shell to have a peanut, right? Uh, but then, yeah, different things. I think we need to be really, really precise, you know? Different, um, different objects need different kinds of care, different people need different kinds of care, I need different things in different moods. Like, I think we come from a very precise tradition, you know, treats each thing exactly, um, you know, Dogen, you know, high things in a high place and low things in a low place, right? So it's not exactly, yeah, the peanut and the shell aren't the same, but they happen together. It's not exactly right to say there's shells without peanuts or there's peanuts without shells. It doesn't, it's kind of incoherent. Um, you know, does that speak to what you're saying? Uh, it does, yeah. but you know, not one, not two. Yeah. Uh, Maithumi Roshi uh, once said, you take it in, mm. you swallow the nourishment, and you spit out, you spit out the chaff, mm. which to me is like, you have to kind of taste mm. the chaff in a sense. Like sometimes we might get a little piece of shell or something yeah. that, or a little piece of skin from the melon, yeah. Oh, wait, this isn't the this isn't, this isn't the flesh of the melon. Mm -hmm. I don't want the skin, so I mm -hmm. put it away. Mm -hmm. But then I start thinking about our relations with each other. Mm -hmm. And some people have a little more chaff-like quality, some people have a little more nourishment-like quality. And I think mm -hmm. that's kind of actually in practice. Like as a therapist, how do you work with with that professionally as well as uh, uh, when you're outside the office? Yeah. Thank you. Such a good question. So nourishment and chaff um, really are different. And, and I think it would not be conducive to a good life to eat chaff. We, we shouldn't eat chaff. It's not good for us. Um, but nourishment and chaff aren't separate. They happen together. And um, living right where, and the intersection of those two things, is our life together and is our practice, right? Yeah. I've learned, sometimes I've learned the most or been nourished by being in proximity to ch chaff-like people, <laughs> yeah. difficult people, and actually yeah. I learn and get nourished from that, which is right. not a yeah. logical progression, but yeah. it does happen. Yeah. 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 This is so fun. I, I just want to notice, right? As soon as we start talking about this, right? It's like, it's so hard to actually, to really, really articulate this, which I think is why we need days like this. We have to, we have to just plunge into it. 
you know. Um, so thank you, Ross. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Isn't the chaff good for other beings? Yeah. Like sure. maybe humans don't want the chaff of sure. a peanut, but compost yeah. it would do well. Yeah. So nothing's left out. There's nothing that actually gets excluded, right? and then uh, and then we all go on together. Yeah. I think we do have time maybe for one more, and, and then we'll stop. So I I wanted to um further understand what you meant by you, you talking about faith and trusting in reality because that comment made me wonder the conceptualization of reality and kind of the Yogacharan idea that is, it is a dream versus the Madhyamaka idea that if reality is empty is there anything to trust in? So I want to understand like what exactly you're trusting. Yeah, yeah thanks for that question. That's a really, that's a great question. So, um, I think maybe one way to say it is that just that whatever we think we're trusting in isn't exactly what there is that's trustworthy. Um, there is something that the way we're thinking about it um, isn't isn't reached by. Um, and again, I think the real gift of 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 what we get to do together is is sort of plunging into that. So today as we're moving, as we're being still, you might just notice what, what's keeping you aloft. You know, what is it that you can um, rely on? Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, we'll stop there. I am um, really happy to get to do this together.